Guys, we're, we're winding down this series, and you know, for the last three and a half months now, we have been talking about living beneath the surface. So again, what's, what's living on the surface? Well, that's where you basically view the Christian life as just going to church. And it's nothing more than that. But I'm going to be honest with you, Christianity is, is more than that. Jesus did not die on the cross just so you could attend a church service. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be reconciled to the Heavenly Father and have a relationship with Him through Christ because the Holy Spirit enters into your life. Salvation doesn't begin the day you die. Salvation begins now. Salvation is the life you have now because of Jesus. And and be honest with you, when you live on the surface, you don't expect anything. You come to church because you're told to or because you have to or because you feel it's the right thing to do, but you don't expect anything. You don't expect God to speak to you. You don't expect God to do anything in your life. You don't expect answers to prayer. That's called living on the surface. But I, I have a sense that a lot of us want something more than that. We want to live beneath the surface. We want to experience Christ in our lives. We want something more of our Christianity. And so as we've been in, getting into chapter 4, he's been telling us about having something more. So in our, in our first message in this chapter, we looked at the whole issue of our attitudes and our actions with other people. Last week, we looked at the whole issue of the things that bother us as far as our fears about anxiety and about trusting in him. Today, we're going to talk about guarding your mind. We're going to talk about the most vulnerable area you have in your life. You maybe weren't aware of it, but the most vulnerable area that you have is your mind. That is the biggest weakness that you have because it's through your mind that will dictate whether or not you live on the surface or whether or not you live beneath the surface. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to look and see what God's Word says in these two powerful verses. But let's first talk about the vulnerability. Let's talk about how we are vulnerable. So the biggest vulnerability, first thing I want you to see here is, is the biggest vulnerability is the mind of a believer. The biggest vulnerability is the mind of a believer. You want to know how you can change people? You want to know how you can get people to change and move their direction and move the focus of where their, their attention is and so forth? You change their minds. You don't do it immediately because most people would react to that. If I did something suddenly or whatever, you would react to that. But if I take my time introducing a concept to you and begin to suddenly present that to you over time, sooner or later you will buy into what I'm saying. Why? Because your mind has changed. Your mind has changed. I mean, think about it for a moment. I mean, I'm 50, 50 I'm going to be 52 here in a few weeks. And so I can remember watching TV as a kid back when Gilligan's Island was on in the afternoons, okay? Maybe it's still on in the afternoons, okay? And I just remember, I remember TV back then in the 70s and 80s. And I can remember what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable. Do you remember what I'm talking about? 
How many of you ever remember watching the Dick Van Dyke show? And the craziness of he and Laura living their bedroom being two twins. What marriage has two twin beds in the master bedroom? But why did they do that? Because it wasn't acceptable to show one big bed. Now they show one big bed and a whole lot more than you want to see in their bedroom, right? What changed? People changed. How did that change? It took time. Subtle changes. And then sooner or later, because your mind is changed, you begin to accept things that you wouldn't have accepted before. See, the biggest vulnerability that you have in your Christian life is your mind. Now you say, okay, now, George, we've been talking about living on the surface. What does that have to do with living on the surface? What does my mind have to do with living on the surface? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The messages that are happening around you are going to keep you on the surface unless you are realizing that and guarding your life against it. So that's my next point here. My next point is this. Your mind is confronted with messages that will keep you on the surface. Your mind is continually confronted with messages that will keep you on the surface. And you need to be aware of it. You know, this week I was reading in my devotional time. I've been going through the New Testament, so I was in the Beatitudes earlier in the week, so I was in Matthew chapter 6. I'm up to chapter 22 now today, but I want you to listen to what Jesus said. He's going to talk about an eye. What does an eye have to do with your mind? Well, let me read to you what he says here. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, the light that is in you is dark, and how great is that darkness? See, the biggest thing, there's two ways to get to your mind. Your eyes and your ears. Do you understand? Messages come to you through what? What you see and what you hear. And you are being confronted daily by the visual and what? By the audio. Constantly. Constantly. You know what I'm talking about. You're riding down the road. If you're like me, I like classic rock music, so I listen to classic rock music. And I'm finding myself driving, and Sammy Hager comes on, and he's singing, I can't drive 55 and I'm getting into the song with Sammy. Then I'm looking down at my dash, and I'm noticing I'm not driving 55. I'm not even driving 25. Do you know what I'm saying? Because why? Because I'm being influenced by what? Music. Isn't that true? Music does affect your what? Your moods. See, you're constantly being bombarded. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. Most Christians are totally ignorant about that. Most Christians are totally ignorant about the fact that their minds are being bombarded every day and that the things that they are bombarded with will keep them on the surface. Because we don't think it's an issue. 
In fact, we think we have freedom to do it now because I can remember a time, Can you, some of you who are older can remember a time when the preacher would get up and it would say to you, don't go to the movie. Don't watch the soap operas. Don't watch this show. Don't watch that show. Don't go here. Don't listen to that. And they would have whole series about why this was wrong and why that was wrong. How many remember those days? You remember those days? Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I heard those things too, but nobody ever told you why. Nobody ever said to you why. And I'm going to tell you not what it needs to be. I'm going to tell you the why today. The why is, is that if you feed yourself continually with garbage, garbage comes out of you. Do you understand? That's what Jesus is saying. When your eye is bad, you're bad. There's darkness. Now you have to determine in your life what it is that's garbage that's being fed in. And you know what? It won't take us long to figure that out. You don't need me to tell you. In fact, it's different for each person. Do you understand? It's different for each person. Now, there's some things that are true for all of us, but then there are some things that are not true for all of us. But the fact of the matter is, is your mind is being confronted with messages that will keep you on the surface. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at two verses. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9, and we're going to see what Paul says now He's going to give us an encouragement, and then he's going to talk about the source of renewal. Because you got to renew your mind. Okay? you got to renew your mind. So we're going to talk about that day. So look with me. Verse 8. Look at what Paul writes. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report... If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to first of all look at the encouragement. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, the encouragement. You need to allow your mind to focus on that which is virtuous and praiseworthy. You need to allow your mind to focus on that which is virtuous and praiseworthy. Because I'm going to be honest with you, if you are constantly being bombarded with negative things, with things that appeal to your sinful desires... Guess what you're thinking about? I mean, we don't need a rocket scientist to figure that out, do we? Do you know what I'm saying? If I got a problem with chocolate, I shouldn't be sitting in front of the TV watching the Food Channel talking about the decadence of chocolate and showing me all these things. And then when I'm done saying, oh, that was a nice show, let's go get a cheeseburger. No, you're going to go to Walmart and buy some chocolate, right? before you raid your cabinet to see if the chocolate's there, you're going to do whatever it is that you're being influenced to do. But here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, allow your mind 
to focus on that which is virtuous and praiseworthy. You say, well, how do I figure that out, George? Well, take a look at verse 8. He goes through a whole list of things here that kind of serve as a criterion for you to decide is what I'm listening to or is what I'm watching fit into these categories. What do you mean? Is what you're watching, look at what it says there, is what you're watching true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report? I mean, those are broad categories there. Are these things virtuous and praiseworthy? And you've got to ask yourself, is it worth watching those things or listening to those things because it's going to affect your what? Mind. So you have to allow your mind to focus on that which is virtuous and praiseworthy. Here's the second point. Make a decision to consider what you're feeding your mind with. It's not just a question of allowing, but it's going to be a question of making a decision. You've got to proactively decide, I'm not going to allow junk in my life. You've got to actively decide, I'm not going to listen to that program. I'm not going to watch that program. What program, George? You know what I'm talking about. You know what you can handle and what you can't handle. You're mature enough, you're old enough to decide to know what that is. You understand what I'm saying? You know what you can and cannot handle. I don't need to tell you that. You need to make that decision. You need to decide, I'm not going to feed that. Now, if you're younger and you're a child, mom and dad decide that they can't handle that. Do you know what I'm saying? When they're older, sometimes with older people, you have to make that decision. Because you ever notice when you go to a nursing home, they don't have the news on. Because it's negative to them. And the negativity of the news, and let's just stop for a moment, is the news negative? Oh, I just love the wonderful reports they give, the joyous things. They never do. It's always negative. And even you and I get affected by it, right? I mean, the greatest decision I made was in January. I decided, because I'm a news junkie, I decided to quit listening to the news all the time. It's I've been so much better. Now, I'm aware of news. I have some things that tell me what the news headlines are, but you've got to be aware that it's negative and it'll affect you negatively. So you've got to, you've got to make the decision to what? Consider what's feeding your mind, what you're feeding your mind with. Here's what I'm going to also say this to you. You might want to write this down. Here's the point. You need to be aware that some of the things that you're confronted with are not from you or even from other human beings. Because you have an enemy that will feed your mind with things. I want you to listen to what Paul says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 7. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Listen to what he says. Casting down arguments... And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God. What's he talking about here? He's saying 
You and I in our Christian lives, whether you realize it or not, are in a warfare. There's a struggle going on. There's a battle that you are a part of. It's a spiritual battle to destroy your life. And because you're in that spiritual battle, you need to recognize that you need to be constantly on guard and ready to what? Take captive every thought, every message, everything that will come into your life that will hinder you. That's what he's talking about here. So you've got to make that decision. You've got to make that decision. Here's the third thing. It's an ongoing action. When you look at the word meditate, meditate on these things. He's not talking about a pastime action. He's not talking about a one-time action. He's talking about you need to continually do this. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to be constantly on guard against the stuff that's going to influence you. Do you know what I'm talking about? So, for instance, like some of you right now, here, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Some of you right now, you are constantly on guard against people who might give you a sickness. Do you know what I'm saying? You're like paranoid walking into a building where there's other people. Who's sick? Who do I need to stay away from? Who's sneezing? Which hand did they sneeze into? Can I avoid them? Make sure that I don't touch that hand. Where is the Purell that I can wash my hand with afterwards? Do you know what I'm saying? And you're like that. You're constantly on. You know what I'm talking about. You're on guard. Because you don't want to get a cold. And it's an active process. Here's the thing. I'm talking about something more deadly than a cold. Well, no, you need to understand, George. There were some people, and I saw it on the news. They got killed from the flu. I, it hasn't come here yet. But there's something far more deadlier than the flu that you need to be on guard for. What's that? People trying to corrupt your mind. The enemy trying to corrupt your mind because he wants you to stay on the surface. That's what's going on here. It's an ongoing action. You have to be proactive in guarding your mind. Now you say, George, now how do I do that? Because if I'm guarding against all these different things that could influence in me, influence me to stay on the surface, how do I make sure that I'm getting something that's going to help me to stay beneath the surface to grow in a deeper relationship with Christ? How do I make sure that I'm I'm, I'm, I've got something else coming in rather than what I shouldn't have coming in. Well, that's where he talks about, it shows us something in verse 9. Look with me at verse 9. These things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Here's what I want to show you is the source of renewal. Because what we're talking about here is renewing our minds. Okay. We're talking about renewing our minds. So first of all, I want you, as we get ready to talk about this, I want you to notice a single point. Actions are a direct result of our thinking. This is why it's so important. Actions are a direct result of our thinking. Have you noticed that 
Yeah, there are some things that we do just by second nature because that's what we always do. But I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the things that we do are a direct result because of our thinking. We've been conditioned in our minds a certain way. Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, that's what child rearing is. Child rearing is molding the mind of a young person into how they're supposed to act and live later on. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not just disciplining behaviors, you're trying to help them formulate a way of thinking. Because you know that out of that thinking comes what? Their actions. So if I'm going to be on guard against wrong messages and wrong things that are influencing my mind in the wrong way, I've got to be able to be thinking properly so that my actions are proper. How does that happen? You need to renew your mind. So here's what I want you to see. Second thing is, the Scripture is the basis for renewing our minds. The Bible is the basis for renewing your mind. Look at what he says there, verse 9. The things which you have learned, received, and heard, and saw in me. What's he talking about? He's talking about Paul's teaching ministry. He's talking about what Paul has been teaching them. About who? About Jesus, about God, the relationship with him. What displeases God? What God says about this? What God says about living? What God says about all of these different things? He's talking about ultimately what we have in the Scripture. The Scripture is the basis for the renewing of your mind. So listen to me. The reason why you should be reading your Bible is not so that you know how to answer Bible questions. The reason why you should be reading your Bible is so that the Bible renews your thinking. So you think the way God thinks, and you see things the way God sees them. And over time, it changes your whole perspective and outlook on things. That's why you read your Bible. In fact, let me go ahead and encourage you this this way, okay? Well, let me read you a verse first. Romans chapter 12 Verse 2 says this, and do not be conformed to this world. Okay, what's the, what does that mean? Do not be like the rest of the world. What does that mean? The way the world thinks, the way the world acts. Why? Because the world's just taking in all those messages, unfiltered. It doesn't care. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's from the inside out. That word is metamorphosis, if you know from science, like a, a crystallis and a little, the little caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you'll know what God wants you to do because your mind is right. So you need to renew your mind. So the reason you need to get into the Word is so that God can change the way you look at things and think. So here's what we have in the back, okay? Two things. Number one, we give Bibles away here. Well, I got a Bible. It's from my grandmother, but I can't read it. I understand. We live in a different culture in a different world now, and, and that language, most people don't know it anymore. There's a lot of preachers who don't know it anymore. So, hey, we've got another Bible. There are new King James Bibles in the back. We have even study Bibles that we'll give you. So that you read 
and study the word and allow God to change your what? Thinking. You say, I don't know where to start. Where do I start reading? Well, in the back, on the top shelf of the little bookshelf thing we have in the back, we have Bible reading plans. That the whole purpose isn't for you just to read it in a year. The purpose is for you to read it. So we we kind of get you to start. Where? Not in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament with the life of Jesus. Why? To see what Jesus is saying. To see what he's teaching and allow his word to what? Transform your way of thinking. See, the scripture is the basis for the renewing of your mind. Now, here's why you need to do it. Here's how it fits in with living beneath the surface. Look at the last part of verse 9. Look at what it says there. And the God of peace will be with you. What's he saying there? Here's the point. This will deepen your relationship with the Lord. This will deepen your relationship with the Lord. So listen to me. You want to have a deeper relationship with Jesus? I've yet to meet a Christian to say to me, I don't want to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. You want to have a deeper relationship? You need to listen to me. you got to do several things. Number one, you got to guard your mind. you got to take it serious. Guard what comes into your mind. Number two, you got to make sure you put in God's Word in your mind. That means you read it. You ponder it. You think about Meditate on it. How's this, how's this, how's my life with what's going on here? What are you telling me through this passage, Lord? What are you showing me? You let God's word speak to you. And then number three, here's what I want you to see. When you guard your mind and you get into his word and you allow his word to change your mind, your heart's going to change. And here's what happens. You're going to find that you have a deeper relationship with God. You can't have it without it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't have a deep relationship without God's Word. I'm just going to tell you that. I meet people all the time, and I'll say, oh, how long are you, are you walking with the Lord? Oh, yeah, how much? What are you reading in the Scripture? Oh, I don't read the Scripture. That already tells me that they're not having a deep relationship with the Lord. You can't have a relationship with God without getting into His Word. Do you understand me? It doesn't exist. Because that's the way that He communicates to us. Do you understand? He communicates to us through his word. And you'll deepen your walk with him. And listen, if you're guarding your mind, getting into his word, I'm going to guarantee you, you're not going to be living on the surface. You're not going to be living on the surface. So you'll say, okay, George, what do we do with this? Well, here's a couple things. Number one, recognize that your mind is vulnerable to the influences of the world. I need you to recognize that. Oh no, George, I'm under control. I got it all. I can handle anything. Whenever I hear somebody say they can handle everything, I, I see a little word written on their forehead. Stupid. Because nobody can handle everything. I've yet to meet a person who can handle everything. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'll be honest with you guys, we're the number one people to say that we can handle everything. Guys. All we're communicating is that we're dumb. Just being honest with you. 
You can't handle watching that. You can't handle listening to that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't. Don't think you can, because nobody can. You will hurt yourself. You will hurt your home. You will hurt people around you. You will hurt yourself if you don't guard your mind. And you've got to recognize that your mind is vulnerable. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the biggest weakness we all struggle with here is our minds. And we're vulnerable to the influences of the world. And folks, listen, the world is constantly bombarding you with stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? And especially now, I mean, used to, we just had TV and it was only on at certain times. Then we went to 24 hour. Then we had cable. Now we've got computers, but no longer do we have computers because computers were at home and we could leave that and go to work. Now when we go to work, we've got what? Constant. It's right there. Media, media, media. You know, we, we ingest more media than our ancestors 200 years ago did in their lifetime. We do that in a week. And we wonder why we don't see God's hand in our lives. Because we're living on the surface. Because the stuff that we're allowing our minds to be influenced by is what? Keeping us there. Here's the second thing. Actively seek to renew your mind and deepen your relationship with the Lord. Actively seek to renew your mind and deepen your relationship with the Lord. Listen to me. I want you to hear me. It isn't just going to come easy. I mean, we're talking about a relationship here. How many relationships just happen and then they're perfect all the time? Have you ever met a perfect, never-changing, always wonderful relationship with people? I've never seen anything like that ever in life. Have you? No, you have to work at relationships, right? If they're going to be good relationships, you got to work at them. You can't take them for granted. Because there are going to be things from the outside that are trying to attack the relationship. And you've got to recognize that. It's the same thing that's true in your relationship with God. You've got to actively seek to, number one, renew your mind. Constantly renew your mind. You renew your mind. Renew your mind. Get into his word. Change your thinking. Watch what you're ingesting. And what? You deepen your walk with him. You'll deepen your relationship with him. See, that's how we're going to live beneath the surface. Is when we get into his word and we watch what comes into our life. Next week, we're going to talk about the final area about living beneath the surface. What's that? You ready for it? It's one word. We all hate it. Contentment. If you want to, you can read verse 10 through the end of the chapter this week. Paul talks about he learns the secret of contentment. What is that? I don't even think I want to know it. Well, you need to know it if you're going to live beneath the surface. Let me pray for you.